Hey everybody, welcome to the Path to Gritness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Willard, and uh, so excited to have Roland on today. A little bit of background on Roland. Uh, Roland's a career Army officer, currently serving as the Chief of Staff at Brigham Young University Army ROTC program. He teaches a small unit tactics and uh, leadership to young men and women that aspire to serve as second lieutenants in the United States Army. Roland and his wife are a blended family with six children that love the outdoors and being a team. Man, Roland, I am so excited to have you on. It is it is good for you to be here. So thanks, Jason. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is great. Good. Well, um, <clears throat> when I when we had talked over the phone, my uh, I went right into my <laughs> talked to my wife afterwards, and I'm like, man. I am so stoked about this <laughs> podcast. This is going to be so good. So awesome. hopefully I don't uh, oversell it with that. But um, yeah, <laughs> thank you for being on. Um, of course. So Roland, give us a little bit of background about your family and your yeah. life in the military. Sure, Jason. Thanks so much, man. This is, uh, I think I, I told you uh, a little bit earlier, but what a great chance for me to kind of <clears throat> go back and reflect and in some ways kind of unpack yeah. um, some of these experiences that I've been able to have and the, the amazing life um, that I've just, that I've been able to, to, to have to this point and, and continue to have. Um, so I am the oldest of four kids. Uh, I grew up in Kansas. Um, my dad was in the army. That's where he retired. Um, and so growing up for my family, you know, teamwork, um, was was strongly emphasized and the vehicle that my dad and my mom loved to use to teach that was was sports <clears throat> and so for me um sports is a big part of my, my my childhood my upbringing and then just really set the foundation for a lot of i think um just perspectives and way, way i viewed uh, viewed things and so um you know i, I went to to west point college the United States Military Academy there in New York um and and for me I remember watching a it was like a it was like a VHS tape like an infomercial VHS tape this is in the <laughs> late 90s gotcha. um that a, a guy I played soccer with who was a couple years older than me he he like let me borrow it and when I learned that there was a place that gave you grades for obstacle courses and there were mandatory boxing classes and, and swimming and gymnastics. Um, and then there was a, a job on the back end, yeah. um, serving and leading with teams in the Army. I thought that was just so amazing. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I, that's, that's what I went for. And that's, that's what I wound up doing um, for two years. And then I left uh, actually for two years. Uh, I was really fortunate. There were a number of, <clears throat> number of uh, cadets years before me that had set a precedent that allowed um, those that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints that wanted to go serve as uh, missionaries for two years to be able to leave, take a break, um, and still be able to return. Um, and, and it got to the point where other other faiths also were allowing um, cadets to be able to go and do similar you know, missionary work wow. or, or sabbaticals and, and service. Um, really, really neat. And so... Yeah, I took a two-year break uh, from West Point, served uh, as a missionary in Taiwan, and came back. Um, <laughs> that was fit. a little different, right? <laughs> it was. It was way different. It was way, it was, man, you talk about um, a study in contrast. Yeah. And that was 
was very, very different. Uh, and then the transition back actually was really difficult, to be honest, uh, going from, from Taiwan back to a very regimented, you know, super disciplined, uh, n- not that, not that time as a missionary isn't regimented and disciplined, yeah. um, but just very different getting back to West Point. So yeah, I did that, um, you know, did my last two years and then, um, I've been in the army since 2006. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's been it so far. That's awesome. That's way cool. Um, tell me a little bit about with, with childhood and sports and growing yeah. up, like, you told me a few stories about your dad and I was just like, holy cow, did that really happen? Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So for my dad, he, he grew up, he grew up in Washington DC, like in the district. Um, um, his dad was in, was in the army. He served in world war two, um, the Korean war. And, um, he wasn't, he wasn't around a lot, um, yeah. because of you know, his deployments. And, and so my dad was kind of, um, I mean, his mom was incredibly supportive, um, but you know, kind of, kind of on his own. And, and so sports became a big, big deal for him. And he actually wound up dropping out, um, of, of high school, uh, and, and joining the DC national guard and he helped provide security actually for, uh, Martin Luther King's, I have a dream, um, speech wow. uh, there in, in DC, there in the mall. Um, which is a really formative experience for my dad at a very young age. Yeah. Um, but he kept playing sports and, and that was kind of his, his like ticket out gotcha. um, in, in the military. He actually wound up becoming a helicopter pilot. So flying Hueys mm-hmm. in Vietnam as a result of playing sports back then in the army, they had really competitive football teams. Every unit had a, had a, um, their football team and he wound up um, being selected by this general officer to serve as his quarterback um, at the two-star level, at the division level, with the promise of, hey, after the season, you can have whatever assignment you want. Yeah. And my dad said, wow, these new helicopters sound really cool. It's really interesting, innovation. Yeah, uh, I'll go for that. Um, and so for <laughs> for him, um, you know, sports is an important vehicle um, in his career. That's and uh, cool. and it was yeah it was it's, it's a funny funny story that football to helicopters <laughs> to, to Vietnam is my dad's kind of initial path. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a, a different avenue, not not one that most can tell. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So what did when when you were growing up, seeing your parents go through hard things? I mean, I'm sure with your dad gone yeah. a lot, you know, you sure. and your mom. What what did you see, and how did that help you develop grit? I think that. Um, for, for my parents, um, you know, they both had, they had really unique, um, upbringings. And I think that they saw, they've seen their marriage, um, as an opportunity to, to just progress and, and get better. And, and I, I think that the times that I really saw them go through hard things and the way they were to come, come through the other side was just their communication and also their, their transparency uh, yeah. about going through hard things. I think so often as, as a parent, we really want to, you know, shield our kids, our, our, our partners, our, our spouse, you know, maybe from, from, um, a hard truth. But the times I saw my parents really get through hard things was when they were very open, transparent, honest, not just with each other, but also with us kids. Gotcha. Um, and that was, that was really powerful. Um, and I haven't always been able to do it. There's been many times I've, I've, I've failed in that regard. But I think the times where I have found success in getting through hard things 
as when I've been open, transparent, and just being willing to be vulnerable. Gotcha. And oh, that's awesome. That I definitely think that plays into, you know, a childhood's development. Like it, it helps them to see that hey, there are hard things in the world. It, it's not just yeah. all hunky dory and and roses and sunshine. So yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, so when you were going through the West Point and military academy and stuff yeah. like that, what was it that you learned about yourself as you did those hard things? Yeah, I think for me, it really, you know, I, I made it through be, because of the power of relationships. Uh, my, my two closest friends, um, Adam and Ian, you know, came, came from that time, those, those experiences. Um, and, and so realizing that, um, well, yes, your, your grades and, and you know, your, your GPA and, and your assignments are, are individual in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience there at, at West Point is very much on, you know, focused on the team. Um, <clears throat> the amount of resources, support um, that's provided is, is amazing if people are willing to ask for it, if they're humble enough to say, I can't do this on my own and then go seek out um, support. And so that I think was was a great lesson in the power of, of just asking for help. Yeah. You know, the, the, the basic principle <clears throat> and purpose there of, you know, beast barracks or, you know, cadet basic training is to, um, to level the playing field for everyone because most folks that go there, you know, they're a captain of their, of, of their, of probably multiple sports at their high school, lots of valedictorians, like everyone's in student government, you know, everyone's like at the top of their game in their little bubble that they grew up <clears throat> by and large. Yeah. Um, and so then everyone comes there and all these like type A type, um, you know, personalities and, and, uh, and, and folks. And it's like, no, like we need to level the playing field and in some ways break people down yeah. to then build them up. Um, with the understanding that it's, it's going to take a team and it's not just a bunch of individuals. Yeah. That's awesome. That it's hard for people to understand that, um, it, a team can accomplish so much more than just their individual self. Sometimes it's to them. It's a, it's easier for me just to do this on totally. my own, like way easier for me just to take yeah, care of it. But absolutely. That's, yeah. It's a hard it, lesson to learn. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so thankful. Um, I, I, I would tell you that I, I really disliked, um, my time there at West Point. Yeah. Um, you know, it took me years to ever, to even go back. I think it was eight years before I even went back. Um, but I, I'm just so thankful for those, those four years and, and the conditions that so many amazing people, you know, set, yeah. um, for myself and my classmates to be able to just build from, from there, um, all over the world. That's way cool. So you finish at West Point and, then where did you go after that? What, what, what happened in your life? Yeah. So I got, um, I got married right after, right after graduation. Um, and we, we went to Fort Benning, Georgia. <clears throat> that was, um, where I did my initial training. So I, I commissioned as an infantry officer. So I went to Fort Benning for an infantry officer basic course, um, and then attended ranger school and airborne school. Um, and then after about a year there, we went to Fort Lewis, Washington, um, which is about an hour south of Seattle. Gotcha. That's where I served as a rifle platoon leader and then a, a company executive officer, so chief of staff. Um, and and then, yeah, I just kind of started my career career from there. Cool, very cool. So um, from that experience, I mean, let 
let's talk about what was happening in the world at that time. Yeah. You know, you, we, sure. <laughs> we were in the middle of a, a war, um, tons of people getting deployed. Yeah. Um, what was it like being in the military at that time? Yeah, that was, that's a great, <clears throat> it's incredible to think. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really humbling to think that this is, you know, we're talking, you know, two decades ago. Yeah. This is 2006, 2007. Yeah. So we, we had, obviously we were, um, you know, many years in, into Afghanistan and many years in, into, into Iraq. And so we had two campaigns, uh, going, <clears throat> going there and in those, those two countries. And so it was just constant deployment after deployment. And that was the expectation for a young officer was, Hey, you're going to get through initial training. You're going to show up to your unit and then you're going to deploy. And for a lot of my classmates, it was get through initial training and then you're going to meet your unit in the middle of their rotation, wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, and that was just kind of the expectation and, and what we all had signed up for. Wow. And, and so, you know, you're there kind of ready to go out and, yeah. and be deployed and not sure when that's going to happen, but you know, you had quite a bit of time I there did. where yeah. you weren't deployed. And that's right. It, was that frustrating to you? Was that hard? Yeah. What, what? Oh, it was all, it was all those things. Yeah. It, was, it was all those things. I mean, Adam, you know, my, I mentioned my friends, Adam and Ian, I mean, they both showed up to their units, you know, uh, Ian to, uh, to, to Germany, Adam to Fort Bragg. And, and they were, they were gone. They were out the door within months of, of first showing up. And I, I showed up to Lewis and we're a brand new unit. Um, we didn't even have enough, um, night vision goggles. Um, for every single person in the platoon to have them. We had like three that we had to share amongst leadership. Like we, we hadn't even gotten our vehicles yet. Um, we were starting from scratch. And so that was really hard um, to have gone through a year of training at Fort Benning and then to not be able to put it. Now we're, you're putting it into use as you're building up a unit, Yeah. right? Yeah. But, but the goal for everyone was, I got to get to that deployment. Yeah. I got I got to make it to like the big game. Yeah. Um, and, and really And really prove myself. And so that was, that was difficult. That was really hard. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure with all of this preparation that you're taking in, trying to uh, just get ready for the fight and, and yet not being able to deploy, uh, did you ever wonder or feel like, Hey, maybe I don't have what it takes to be able to do this. And, and sometimes I think in our lives, we, we have grit and we're developing grit, but grit untested doesn't really, you know, prove yeah. itself out. So you just don't know. Sure. Um, what can you, what advice can you give to somebody that maybe isn't sure if they have the grit that it takes to be able to get through their trials? Yeah. That's, that's a great question, Jason. Um, I think, I think that, that for me, um, is super easy to get caught up in my own head and to, and to have question myself. Um, but, but what really helped me the most, um, was focusing on others, you know, and getting outside of myself and focusing on, you know, the 40, the 40, you know, young men, uh, that myself and my platoon sergeant, my squad leaders that we were responsible for in in training. So I'd say the first thing is to focus, focus on others. Um, and then the second one is, is to, it's, and it's so hard and it's so easy for me now here, you know, 15 plus years later to like reflect back and say, Oh, just take a long view. Yeah. But, but really, you know, taking a long view. Okay. Like if I'm, if I really am focused on serving these young men, 
and, and leading the best way I can to prepare them for what's, what's coming, you know, maybe not necessarily this time, but multiple times down, down the road. Um, I, I think that, that super helps. And then just to be patient. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, when I work now with, you know, young, young students, um, what I really enjoy is helping them find otherwise unseen opportunities to develop leadership. And I think the same can be go, can be said for developing grit. Um, there's so many unseen opportunities to develop grit. I think it's, I think sometimes we, we think that we're only going to develop, develop it if, if we go through, you know, a really hard, you know, uh, training at, at West Point or, you know, I'm only going to develop grit, you know, at Ranger school or only when I, you know, do whatever I'm at the range and I'm actually like shooting. Like there's so many ways to develop grit, um, in just everyday interactions with people. Yeah. Um, I think so often it, it's just about being consistent and is it and consistent in, am I being kind to someone? Am I assuming noble intent yeah. in every interaction to that and, and not just take, always take a cynical view. I think simple things like that can really help develop grit. So just to kind of recap, it's a long answer, but no, you're good. Get, get outside yourself, you know, look to serve others, try to take a long view and then develop grit through just like small, consistent things. Something as simple as like looking someone in the eye and saying hello as you pass them yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. on the street. That's for, that's that can be scary for somebody, and it, it, it can be. But yeah. just do do something small, consistently, and it makes such a difference. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I I'm sure that uh, also looking and not not comparing yourself to others, like oh, dude, and, so and what's going on. I mean, yeah, you were probably seeing your buddies go out there and and yeah, realize that they were. In the middle of the fight, and if if you started comparing yourself to that, that and I think that's one of the hardest things, yeah, in our day and age is totally. there is so much transparency, yeah, that it's very easy to compare. So, oh, that's a great point. Very good. Um, so as you were as you were out there, um, you're currently you know back at uh, Fort Lewis, Fort Lewis, Lewis. yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you got it. And um, <clears throat> as you were there you know, what happened after that? What, yeah. what developed? Yeah. So there were at the, at the time, so I, I didn't deploy. Ultimately I did not deploy. That was heartbreaking. Uh, there were, uh, at the time, the way that <clears throat> sort of the, um, you know, assignment process worked, Hey, you're only going to be there for two to three years. And then there's other people coming in behind you. They need to take up those, those roles. Um, and there was a group of us that we got, we got moved on to, Hey, the next, the next phase of an, art, an officer's career. And I had an amazing friend. Um, I, I consider just one, a dear friend, but also just an incredible mentor. Uh, her name is Laura. She, um, she recommended that I kind of take a different career path. Um, and in an effort to, um, to, to kind of progress a little bit faster, I wound up going to the engineer captain's career course. I was an engineer officer. Yeah. Um, but, but Laura made a recommendation, Hey, like give us a try. And you know, you could even maybe even do a master's degree while you're there. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Which I'm so glad I did. Um, but what it meant, um, as myself and these other officers like had to move on without, without a deployment, um, you know, I, I didn't have a combat patch, Yeah. you know, and, and, and the, the phrase that people would use would be a slick sleeve. And so on, on an army uniform, um, you know, on, on the right-hand side, you're going to have, you know, your American flag, and then you have a space to put 
you know, combat patch. Yeah. But only if you've deployed. Wow. Um, and I didn't, and I didn't have one because I hadn't deployed. Um, and so, so I show up and, um, and, and yeah, I was literally the only officer and probably about 60, a 60 person cohort that had not yet deployed. Um, and and there's people always like, what's up with this dude? Like, what's, what's wrong with this guy? Why hasn't he deployed yet? Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was tough. I was going to say you, you had like a, uh, a meeting, didn't you? Where like (laughs) they asked a question. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was a, that's a, that was a really, um, yeah, you're right. So a lot of times in, in the, the course of the, you know, instruction, they would have guest speakers come in to talk on different topics or provide, you know, case studies or, or, you know, presentations. And, and oftentimes they would come in you know, and they want to get to know the class or whoever they're talking to. They say, Hey, like, I'm so-and-so like, tell me a little about your, your guys yourselves. And I remember this one, um, guest speaker, he said, Hey, uh, who, who's been, so who, who here's been to Iraq? You know, people raise their hand. Okay. Hey, uh, who, who's been to Afghanistan? You know, other people raise their hands. Uh, any, anybody been to both? And a couple and very, and a few people raised, raised their hands. And I remember I had, <laughs> actually it was my classmate, um, he, he, uh, he piped up and he goes, uh, yeah, but has anybody not been? And the instructor said, what, what? And he's like, well, yeah, has anyone not been? And, um, and I remember just like wanting to like just shrink into my chair because I knew that was the only one. So the instructor goes, uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably a long shot. It's kind of weird, but yeah, has anyone not been deployed yet? And I literally was the only person to raise my hand. Um, and I just felt just like just so much, so many emotions, a lot of, you know, shame, Yeah. you know, oh, hey, like maybe I am going to confirm to people. Maybe, yeah. I was like, you know, all, just all kinds of thoughts run through your mind. And so yeah, that was a, that was a hard moment. But what I learned from that experience, um, you know, thankfully I had some, some really good friends that, that, I, that I made there um, in that course. Um, and, and they just kind of took me aside and said, Hey man, like, like <laughs> that, that doesn't, you know, my deployments don't define me. They're, they're, they're formative moments yeah. of my life, but they don't define me. Like what defines me is like what I'm doing right now for, for other people. Um, you know, it's kind of the old, like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. You know, like every day is a new day. Um, and history is important and it's, and it certainly, you know, can, can provide uh, a reference point for what the future might look like. Yeah. Um, but that was a huge moment for me after that class. So even though it was really hard, um, having, having two particularly two people take me aside and just like reassure like, Hey, like we know like who you are, like the strength of your character and like, like it's going to be okay, man. Yeah. That made, that made such a difference for me. I was going to say those, those types of relationships, those are the people that you need around you. Yeah. Those people that are willing to pull you aside and build you up. And even when you're, you know, feeling as low as you were and, and I think surrounding yourself with those type of people is super important. And the best way to do that, is through your character. Yeah. You know, those people, they attract together for sure. Totally. And, and yeah. because of that, you know, you're able to surround yourself with great people when you are kind, when you're humble, yeah. when, you know, so it, that's awesome that they stepped up. Yeah. No, sure. th- those are, they're, they're good, good people. That's way cool. Um, so you ended up, uh, finishing there yeah. and then yeah. where so, did it take you? Right. Yeah. So actually just before I went to the engineering career course, I had an opportunity um, to go to go to SEER school, uh, survival, evasion, uh, resistance, and escape um, um, training. 
that was huge. That was great. Um, what what's, what was amazing was just the amount of of uh, you know academic and mental uh, training yeah. that went into that. It was it was great. Um, and and the thing that I learned there um, was the idea to not allow your expectations to be dislocated. I think so often um, frustration, anger stems from I was expecting one thing and something else happened. Yeah. And hey, I can't reconcile, you know, the difference between, you know, the, these two things. And by just trying to be flexible and, and 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 not allowing your expectations to be dislocated was has been a game changer for me. And so, uh while I was there at that training, I I met some folks uh that were in a really new career field in the army that I'd never heard of uh but sounded really really interesting. It was called civil affairs. Um and so I was able to, while I was in the engineer career course, apply for it and uh, make the transition um, to my current career field, which is civil affairs, which falls under uh, the Army uh, Special Operations umbrella. Yeah. So I was able to, after that uh, career, the engineer uh, course, I was able to go to Fort Bragg, uh, try out um, for the civil affairs um, regiment, and then uh, begin training um, through through the Army there to become a, a civil affairs officer and that's uh pretty much what i've been doing since 2010 wow. out of uh, out of fort bragg north carolina wow very cool so through that experience you were able to you know get different opportunities to be able to serve in different ways right and um those i i guess where did you end up going after that there was there was multiple things that you did yeah so <clears throat> so i was still very you know, despite that that conversation I had with, with you know folks there after that class um, yeah. that, I, that I felt very ashamed about, I still had this deep desire to to deploy and and um, a really good friend of mine um, <clears throat> in my first unit when I was a, a brand new platoon leader, he was our battalion's physician assistant, so a PA. Yeah. Um, he uh, he wound up um, going to Afghanistan after I had left the unit. Um, and, and was and was killed. Um, Corey was, uh, as the battalion PA, w- was helping respond to um, a village um, really near to the base they were at that had a really bad um, cholera outbreak. So he was there providing aid, um, and on their way back to the base, um, their convoy was attacked w- with an I- improvised explosive device, an IED, yeah. um, and Corey was killed. Um, leaving behind a, um, his, his wife and uh, and. and and newborn um, daughter, Corey and I, we, we had served in like Boy Scouts um, there in, um, in our church there in Washington, and, and our families were close, and um, I was really, really hard, um, for his, obviously for his, his family and the unit, and um, and, and it, it only like just increased my resolve, like, hey, what am I doing? Yeah. Why? Why am I not? Why am I not out there helping out too? Um, and so after I made after I made it through the initial training during the civil affairs uh, pipeline and and, and uh, language training, um, I, I was able to uh, I wound up volunteering uh, for an Afghanistan deployment um, and then deployed to Afghanistan in 2012 to 2013 for for 10 months uh, working along the Pakistan border. Wow. In a really really unique initiative um, that was very much you know, bottom up driven planning was, was driven from the bottom up. Um, we had a high degree of latitude, um, um, to, to, I think make 
make it a, a good a good difference in a really small little pocket. Yeah. Um. There in uh there in eastern Afghanistan for for ten months, and that was that was a, a amazing experience, incredible blessing, and I had just the best teammates. Yeah, that's way cool. That's neat to be able to to have that team around you. Yeah. Um. What? So I'm gonna back up just a little yeah, bit sure. as far as like you. Um. You mentioned a really low low time in in your career yeah. and in your life. Sure. And um the the experiences that you had and the things that you felt, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about yeah. what you were going through. Sure. And most importantly, what it was that got you through it and how you overcame it. Um yeah, yeah. yeah. Um so so after I after I came home from Afghanistan, so at this point my um we'd had um right before I left for Afghanistan we had our third son. Yeah. Um and I came I came back from Afghanistan. Um I'd been gone for ten months and then um I was put right onto another another assignment, another deployment ten months later. So Afghanistan ten months, back in the States for ten months, train up and then deployed to Jordan. We had our fourth son uh right before um, I left for for Jordan, and uh, that was an eight month deployment, and um, <clears throat> and so, which was an another amazing amazing experience, um, really formative, but when I when I got back, um, you know there, there's something to be said for for priorities and balance. Um, and, and I, I definitely allowed, I chose, um, for the pendulum to swing away from balance and, and priorities, um, which, which, you know, was, was my family and, and that resulted, um, in, uh, in me getting divorced, um, shortly after I returned from that, that second deployment to Jordan. And that was, that was hard. It was really, really hard, um, and and I made a series of choices and and decided to to really step away from 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 God um, and and make a very deliberate decision that hey I yeah I, I just did not I did not know how to how to process all of it I didn't know how to process the fact that I had allowed things to get out of balance. Um, I thought, Hey, if I just like put my head down and I, and I do this amazing, you know, these, these deployments and, um, you know, the, <laughs> the idea of like, Oh wow. Like, thank you so much for your service. Which I, I don't, I don't mean to say that in a, in a disparaging way, but, but it comes at an incredible cost. Um, that thousands, hundreds of thousands, Jason, of, of young, of men and women have figured out how to balance, you know, the, the deployments with their families um, and, and I, and I didn't, you know, the idea that there's moderation in all things, yeah. I, I did not keep that in mind at all. Um, <clears throat> and, and I was really mad and I, and I, and I wanted to blame everyone else but myself. And the first person I wanted to blame was, was God and to, you know, blame it on, blame it on my upbringing and all oh, these shame based principles. And that, that's why, you know, and, and I just, made this very deliberate decision that, Hey, I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't want to believe in God. Yeah. And I remember on, 
on uh, it was October 13th, 2016. So at this point, um, I had moved from Fort Bragg to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, and thankfully it was very, very close to where my boys were living at the time. Um, and, um, and I heard this song, um, I think the album actually was released on, I just looked up before this, uh, the album, I think it was released on October 14th, 2016. And I heard one of the singles on the radio or I don't even know where I heard it. Um, it's a, it's a Kings of Leon <laughs> song, uh, you know, a popular rock band and the lyrics just struck this incredible chord, uh, with me and, and, and. And I don't know if it was, you know, a religious song in nature at all. Um, but the course essentially said, how, how did you find me? And as I was driving, I just felt this incredible sense of, of warmth in my chest and this incredible sense of love. And I can remember just yelling out in my car, like, get away from me. Like, I don't. I don't believe in you. I don't do this anymore. Like get away from me. <clears throat> and it only, and, like, and, if, and it seemed to be a very strong correlation between the louder I yelled, <laughs> the angrier I got, the stronger and more intense, um, you know, this, this warmth in my chest. Um, and it was, and it was heavenly father. It was, it was God, mm-hmm. you know, um, wow. letting me know that he did love me and that, despite all the mistakes and um, the lack of balance that that I was his his child and that he loved me um, and that I still had so much potential and value um, and that you know I could still like progress and I could still get better <clears throat> and uh, that was a that was a pivotal moment for me in deciding, that I do believe in God, yeah, you know, and I do believe in the fact that he loves me um, and that, that we're all children of God uh, that have incredible potential and we're, and, and, and there's a chance every single day to progress and get, get better. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that, <laughs> that was, yeah, it was, was such a hard time. I'm sure yeah. for you, like <laughs> that there is something to be said about rock bottoms, you know, I think about, yeah, it's, uh, exactly, it's exactly what it was, man. It was, it was totally a rock bottom and there's, and there's so much power there. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, there's such, there's such a blessing They're They're so painful. They're so hard. Uh, my, my third son, um, recently we thought he had, um, <clears throat> fractured his, uh, his patella. Thankfully he didn't. Um, he just had really, really bad, you know, injury from, from playing soccer. Yeah. Um, and he and I talked about that in that oftentimes good things only come after something really bad. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's changed the way he's, I think, looked at, um, you know, playing and, and it's just, there's been some great lessons, but yeah, I think he had to kind of reach a rock bottom and, and feel like, oh, I could like lose all of this. Yeah. I could never do this again. Um, and I, uh. The, the picture and image that keeps on going to my head is just somebody swimming in a swimming pool and finally, you know, they're sitting there just paddling their hardest. Yeah. And eventually, you know, they, they get tired, they wear out and then they, they get to the bottom and can take that energy to come back up and, and try again. And, um, yeah, I do think that that's what, that's what God does for us. Yeah. And, um, 
it, it's amazing the experience yeah. that, that that brings so you know after such a, a low point you're you're feeling like okay i'm i'm getting back in the fight you know this yeah. is this is definitely something that i that i'm gonna try and pursue yeah um you know you were able to 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 rebalance your life yeah. after that right i did yeah i i mean it's so, i mean I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying for sure. I, I, I do want to, man, that, that, that visual image is, is so powerful for me, Jason, the, you know, sinking to the bottom, um, <clears throat> you know, there's nothing to kick against, yeah. um, until you get to the bottom and then you have something to like push off of to get back up. But until you get there, there's nothing to kick against to yeah. push yourself back up. And so there's, there's real power there in the rock bottoms. And so, um, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that, man. That's, that's a good, good reminder as I yeah. continue to try to seek balance. Um, yeah, so I, I finished, um, I finished, uh, up, uh, up there at Fort Leavenworth and I went right back to, to Fort Bragg, um, to the exact same unit that I'd spent the last, you know, previous three, three years, three years in, um, and, and had the chance to, um, now become a company commander. And so now I was responsible for, for six teams, um, the same kind of teams that I had led in, in Afghanistan and Jordan, um, and prepare for, um, for our deployments to, to Northeast Syria as part of the fight against, uh, the Islamic state in Syria or, or ISIS, um, uh, from 2018, 2019. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm so, I'm so thankful for, um, the hard times that I had, prior to that, uh, because they made such a difference in, in our experience, um, leading up to that deployment. Um, some of the challenges we had, um, you know, I had, had a medic, um, who wound up getting into a terrible car accident, being thrown from his vehicle, um, severed his spinal cord and he's now paralyzed. Um, um, that happened like right before we were supposed to leave. I had a, um, a young team leader that wanted to get in some really bad legal trouble, had to get removed from the team. We had to bring in a brand new team leader, like within weeks of deploying, like reset the whole team. Um, and, um, yeah, just, just all kinds of just incredible things happened. Uh, my, my very best officer, he was my operations officer. <clears throat> he was coming back from updating his tags on his motorcycle. Cause he had someone coming to buy it the next day. Yeah. And, uh, someone pulled out in front of him, um, you know, hit, hit his motorcycle. He went flying, and uh, wound up breaking his 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 knee and, and his shoulder. You know, terrible shoulder injury. Right before we deployed, um, he was like less than a mile away from his home. Jeez. And, and so, yeah, you're you're trying to get ready for this deployment, and and you're also spending a lot of time going to hospitals to visit people yeah. <laughs> that got injured. Not even in like not even from training, but just like after hours kind of stuff you know, working, spending time with families, um, trying to, you know, get the right support. Um, and yeah, it was, it was heavy, man. It was a lot. Um, and then to finally get out the door to Syria, which was just such an amazing, amazing opportunity, um, to serve in a, a part of the world that really needed it. Yeah. Um, and, and what was really amazing was how, how quickly and I guess easily you could see the impacts you were having on, you know, 
this part of the world. I was going to um, say your service directly correlated to their benefit. And that's yeah. sometimes always. Yeah. And, and, and also we could also very quickly correlate, you know, our, our efforts to, Hey, helping, you know, our, our European partners. Yeah. You know, as ISIS is trying to expand and, and just do, do terrible things and, and then protect, protect obviously our, our loved ones here, here in the United States. Um, and then just like the, the quality of people that we got to work with Jason, like, the, the, the American the American partners, not just in the military, but the Department of State, United States Agency for International Development, USAID, you know, NGOs. Like it was, you talk about like a righteous cause. Like yeah. it was, it was great. And then our international partners and then, you know, the, the, the Kurds and, and, and the Arab partners we had, um, who obviously this is their, their homeland. Um, I just couldn't have asked for a better, better experience. Yeah. Um, it was, it was certainly hard getting out the door with the unique challenges we had as a company, um, but it made it made the our, our work there that much much sweeter. Well, and you you were able to participate in some of the highest performing functioning teams yeah. there are. And tell me a little bit about the team and like how. Sure. I guess my biggest question in all of this, um, you know, not very many people have the opportunity to be to be a part of a great team that can overcome and get through really hard times. How, how did you instill grit into those that you led um, in order to become a successful team and mesh together? Yeah. Um, yeah, man, you're, you're right. I, I, I feel so fortunate to have been able to work with the kind of people I got to work with because these are people that one volunteered. I mean, they volunteered, you know, obviously joined the army. Then they had to volunteer to like, you know, go to airborne school. And then they volunteered to come try out for, you know, um, any, a unique unit. And, and so these are people that had to go through multiple volunteer sessions uh, and that, you know, by and large really wanted to be there. And that makes such a difference um, in, in the, the kind of team. I think though, for, for me, <clears throat> uh, trust, you know, just, just trusting people um, and then and then giving them clear, you know, guidance and then just, you know, saying, Hey, I, I trust you to go out and to, to develop your own plans. Yeah. And then, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to resource, I'm going to provide as much resourcing as, as possible to support whatever plans or an issue you have, obviously within the realm of, um, <laughs> of, of common sense and, and certainly safety. Yeah. Um, I, I think trust was probably the, the first thing I, I hope, I believe that all my team leaders felt Felt that trust and that that really empowered them. Um, I I was very fortunate, you know, as as a young officer and as a young team leader to have senior leaders that trusted me. Yeah, and 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 showed me that um, by just saying, "All right, Roland, like go go do it, man. Like here here's what you need to go. Here's what you need to do. Just go do it. Yeah. Um, and how you do it is, is up to you. If you have any questions, let me know. But it's, it's on it's on you, man. Yeah. And, and so. And then the other thing too, I think was, um, just making a deliberate point to get to know everyone. Um, thankfully, you know, our formation was, was really small. And so you had the, the ability, um, and then just frequent check-ins, um, and not with like this incredible, like super strict format on what the check-in looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, but personalizing it for each, each one of the, each one of the teams and, and, and their, their team leadership. So, so yeah, I think, I think trust, getting to know people and then just like persistent, like deliberate engagement. Yeah. 
and it really helped that care right like just yeah, just, just caring just give a crap it's, uh, yeah <laughs> just it, just care yeah for sure matter. for sure that's awesome um so roland let's kind of talk about your your daily life today like what are yeah. you delving into sure. how are you developing grit now yeah wow I, I will tell you that it was this has one been an amazing amazing assignment um to be able to, to be here in Utah. Um, and, and I think it's super important to note too, like when we talk about care, like what my leaders did to allow me to get here, uh, my wife, Liz and I, uh, we met on a blind date, um, just over a year after I had that experience of that Kings of Leon song and yeah. really decided, okay, like this is how I want to live my life. And this is the path I want to, I want to strive to, to walk on. Um, and, uh, yeah, some incredible circumstances allowed us to um, to get married shortly after, um, but she wasn't, you know, able to to move to North Carolina. And um, when I came back from Syria, I had some leaders that were just like, "Hey, man, like we know this has been really hard. You having, you know, this geogra- geographical separation um, from your from your wife, um, and we want to find a way to get you an assignment out in Utah." Um, and so they to be really short, they, they, they found a way and, and the timing worked out that I could, uh, come serve, uh, here at, here at BYU. Um, and, and so that was an amazing, um, transition now because my wife Liz and I, we'd been living apart and now we're actually like, you know, a normal family. <laughs> oh, but, oh, by the way, you know, she has her two girls. I have my four boys and how are we going to blend? And, you know, Hey, the boys aren't always with us. Yeah. You know, they're in Kansas city for, you know, um, a part of the year. And I think that, <laughs> that experience, um, was really hard for both of us. Um, you know, and that was an incredible chance to develop grit. And again, that kind of comes back to when you asked me about my parents, just the amount of communication that, that she and I needed to have. And then just being open and honest, like, Hey, this is really hard. Yeah. Um, that's, that's been, uh, that's been super gritty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we've, we've got six kids, um, you know, now ages eight, eight to 15, all very close in age. Um, but it's been, it's been such a blessing to, to have her, you know, as my teammate and, and just, just, she's just the best. I was going to say being willing to have those hard, uh, yeah. not fun conversations yeah. that, you know, it's probably not going to end well, but it needs to be yeah. said. That's, that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It, it definitely doesn't end like well in the in very much the, the short term. Yeah. But in the long term, it, it's so worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it having those hard conversations. Um, yeah. It really makes a difference. That's way cool. So um, I, I've been thinking about this as far when you talked earlier about balance and, and all aspects of your life. I've, I've known a lot of people that are very, um, they're mentally tough and, and have grit in certain aspects of their life. And then I see other aspects of their life and I'm like, man, that, they, they don't have what I thought they had. Yeah. How do you become well-rounded in that? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a good, good question. I think, um, set, setting goals and, and then also boundaries. Um, that, that's been an incredible, I, I think that a lot of times in the past, 
Um, it was always like, oh yeah, Roger that. I'll, I'll do that. I'll execute. Yeah. Let me take that on. Let me, let me take this on. Let me take this on, this on and just saying yes. Yeah. It's important. It's super important to be willing to take on challenging assignments. And, and I, and I encourage anyone and everyone to, to do that. But there's also a point in which you have to say no. Yeah. Um, I think that taking time to really reflect on what does good, better and best mean yeah. Um, be, because oftentimes the, the difference is just razor thin between those three. And so having to make, make those choices and I, I still struggle with that. I'm sure there's, there's things if, you know, uh, you like spent, you know, like two straight days just so you'd be like, Oh wow. I didn't realize like Roland, like maybe he doesn't have it all, <laughs> you know, together, like you kind of talked about for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think one thing that's been really helpful for me is just, you know, pen and paper, um, trying to have a planner yeah, and to, to reflect on, uh, and I don't always do it, but man, when I do, it makes such a difference to reflect. You know, that's why I feel like this is so powerful, um, for me is just, just to reflect. Um, I, some incredible leaders I've seen are just diligent, consistent journalers. Yeah. Like they, they just, they reflect a lot. And, and I think that's, that's been helpful here in this assignment and this, this time here in, in Utah is I have the time to, to, to reflect. Not that I have the time. I, let me clarify. I make the time. Yeah. I didn't really used to make the time. And now, um, making the time to reflect. So I think that, I think that helps with balance a lot is making the time to reflect and, and it doesn't have to be a ton of time, but just doing it consistently yeah. You know, and I think too, like just it, the pulling, we don't think enough. I feel like, like yeah. we just don't, we don't take the time to just think. Right. And you know, sometimes I, I just sit and think about something and what, how I want to accomplish it way longer than what it would take to actually perform the, yeah. the actual thing that I'm doing. Sure. So yeah, definitely reflecting on, past experiences, journaling, those things are so beneficial yeah. to how we want to execute in the future. And with that, you know, like you said, having your priorities written down, having them like your your top five that you want to hit on, that needs to be there. Otherwise you will get lost. It life throws you different ways. So Yeah, I for for me, I remember when I first made the decision, you know, after in October of sixteen <clears throat> the first change I made uh, was in, in respect to gratitude and journaling Yeah, and just doing a, a five minute journal. Um, I mean, there, there's all kinds of different, you know, apps or, or books you can buy and stuff, but really just like starting your day off, like, Hey, what am I thankful for? What's going to make the day awesome. Um, and then just like, what's one like positive thing I re- reflect on in the day and the end of the day, Hey, what are the three things that did happen? They're awesome. And what could I do differently tomorrow? Yeah. <clears throat> that takes like five minutes and it, and you do it consistently all the difference. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome tip takeaway. Um, so <laughs> I, I know you've got to get somewhere. No, because, you're, you're uh, great. Um, but it actually has to do with my next question. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you have to consistently be learning new things. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're dying. Right. Sure. And that's part plays a lot into our mental health and our, um, our grit. So how, how are you continuing to, to yeah. learn right yeah. now? 
I so for me, I've, I've been so fortunate uh, that I've been able to while while here uh, pursue um, a master's in business administration, so an MBA through BYU's executive MBA program, um, and and that's truly been transformative. Yeah, it's been such an amazing amazing experience. Um, the, the the quality of people like my my, my classmates. Um, <clears throat> the professors, and then just the focus on you know a faith based um, program of instruction, yeah, you know that has a very clearly defined you know vision and mission, yeah, to, to you know transform the world through Christ like leadership, and 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 they no one apologizes about that. It's clearly understood, yeah. That that's what we're here to do, and so that that's what I've been been trying. Um, that's how I've been learning a lot in these last year and a half. Um, but that's one thing I love about the army is yeah. that there's so much continuing education. You know, I've been in the army now almost 17 years and man, if I added it up three to almost four of those years have been in like training. They've been in professional education settings because the army, you know, says we want to be a learning organization. Yeah. We want to improve and the way to do that is to actually think about thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Some metacognition stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's been a real, real benefit, I think. That's a big part of the culture um, in the Army. And then, you know, to be able to have this opportunity to pursue an MBA here through BYU yeah, um, has been great. And the professors are amazing. And so there's so, there's like there's so much great reading. Um, it's been, it's been the, the best. That's awesome. That's way cool. Well, I I definitely think that it is beneficial to continue to learn and to always be developing. Yeah. Um, if we're not, it definitely plays into our our mental state and yeah. you know being positive. And um, you mentioned earlier being kind. Like yeah. those are the attributes of a leader. Yeah. And I think that we can learn from that yeah. definitely. Um, for sure. One one other thing too, Jason. Yeah. That that's been like really helpful for me. Just you know, as we talk about like reflecting and, and learning <clears throat> is, is trying to stay connected to those people that I've served with that have played just key roles in helping to inform, <clears throat> you know, my leadership philosophy or the, the way I, I, I try to do business. Like, stay, like having, trying to just stay in touch with those people. That's been so helpful. One of my, one of my team leaders from Syria, uh, John Turnbull, he um he was involved in a really bad um um suicide bombing attack that left him completely blind and staying and seeing John go through what he did and his family is was just such a faith promoting and inspiring experience and so when I talk about learning like whenever I reach out to John or he reached out to me like that's such a great chance for me to learn and to grow and I'm and I'm and so I think there's besides reading and and you know, podcasts and TED Talks and all, all the different mediums we have to learn. I, I think we can't discount the power of relationships and what we can learn from staying connected with, with each other and especially those that played a pivotal role in our, our own development. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. Uh, yeah, thank you for adding that on there because yeah. that's huge. And, you know, uh, my one tip to, to our listeners would be today, reach out to somebody that did play a development and, and, and help 
you develop. Um, so reach out to them, tell them thank you, and then also make sure that you're uh, constantly staying in communication with them. Uh, those that develop us and, and bring us uh, farther along in our journey, those are people that you want around you and, and on your back at all, at all times. So. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I, I, I'd venture to say that <clears throat> there's a really good chance um, that even though you think you were the one that received all, all the developments, there's probably a really good chance that they themselves, you know, learned a lot from you as well. Yeah. And you probably had no idea. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Roland. This has yeah. been oh, Jason's super great. fun to dive into. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to this? Yeah, no, man. Just thanks so much for, for what you're doing, um, for this topic. Um, it's, been really powerful for me and I've learned so much man so thank you cool thanks yeah, dude. take care guys